Today's gospel is all about a wedding, and this wedding was a wedding of a king. He has a reception after. He invites all of his friends, and his friends don't want to come. In the beginning, the first couple of examples is one is, is pretty much they're too busy. And then the next example is they actually kill the messenger, which is a bit exaggerated, wouldn't you think? <laughs> but yeah, so they also become violent. And then, uh, so the king says, well, go out into the byways, pick up whoever you can, so that my wedding might be full. They pick up whoever they can, but they, he comes in and he sees one that's not wearing the garments that one should at a wedding. And so he throws them out in the darks where there is wailing and gnashing of teeth. And I think it's a really beautiful gospel, actually. Why? Well, uh, to be straight, uh, we are called to enter into a real relationship with God. The wedding is not just God's wedding, but it is our wedding that we're participating in. And God is infinite love. He's always called you to a wedding. This whole sense of baptism, you know, that you enter into a covenant with God, that you enter into this promise, this engagement, this offering of my life, this offering of all that I am to God, for God has offered all that he is to me. And so baptism... When we are baptized, we enter into this marital feast, this wedding feast, with our Lord and our King. And it's the reality to which we're called. Now, the problem is, all of God's friends, they get used to him. They take him for granted. Uh, I would imagine that this is quite a common thing. I have enough experience now to know that probably 99% of marital uh, problems, at least if they get severe, are because of some kind of taking for granted. As long as the marriage was done right from the beginning, that there was a real love and all that, if they reach a point of crisis, it usually means three to five years of taking each other for granted, not talking about anything but bills and kids. And it's really easy for that to happen in a marriage. And then after those three to five years of taking each other for granted, they realize that they have no real communion between each other, no real active love between each other. And then one of the two says something very hurtful or does something very hurtful, and it blows up. And then it escalates real quick after that. It's like uh, all the, in the forest with a lot of dry wood. It takes years to build up that much dry wood, but once it's all there, all it takes is a, is a spark. And if we can do that with some of the greatest relationships, you know, that of marriage, then it should be much easier to do that with God. If we could take those who are close to us, whom we love dearly, for granted, no longer seeing them as a gift from God, no longer receiving them for who they are each day, then how much easier would it be for the God whom I do not see to take him for granted and no longer see the beauty of his love given to you? How easy is that? Well, it happens all the time. And you may say that you have not fallen into that, but I think it's a temptation for everybody to take our relationship with God for granted and not to grow, to journey, to enter into his life, into his love. You know?
And so, coming back, they say they're too busy, really. They don't go to the marriage feast because they're working, because they're doing this or that, and it's all super important, but they don't have time for God. They give their Sundays, they go to Mass, but really the rest of the week they're too busy. They're running around like a chicken with his head cut off. They're too busy. So what do they do? Uh, put God in to play second fiddle to whatever their whim is. They become full, filled with pride, in fact, as if everything they have to do is more important than this covenantal relationship with God. And they get thrown out into the dark where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. I mean... I was meditating upon it. I was looking at the church I was in today, and in seeing this church, I noticed that when you enter the church, it starts with the baptismal font. And it's very symbolic, obviously. And the whole church is shaped in the form of a mountain. And as you're progressing, you're going past all the pews, the place where we listen to the Word of God, the place where we're nurtured, the place where we grow. And we enter into the altar, and the altar is the place of sacrifice where you offer your life, you enter in that marital bond where you bind yourself to God through the Holy Eucharist, through the sacrifice of your life, through the offering of your heart. You bind yourself to God, entering into a real relationship with God so that you might make it to the tabernacle, so you might make it to the heavenly Jerusalem, so you might make it into the heart of God himself. It seems the whole process of even entering into the architectural church in which we stand is itself symbolic of the journey of what you're called to do. Enter into the marriage feast with God. Don't take him for granted. For if you take him for granted, he will spit you out of his mouth. If you take him for granted. Like even in a marriage, you can't do that. So how much more with God? Come, kneel down and pray. Pray for the grace to remain faithful. Pray for the grace. For it is in that profound respect and love of him present in the Eucharist that we enter into this marriage feast of the Lamb. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.